that they don't think pastors should really be so political in their sermons. Preaching about racism or sexism or homophobia or xenophobia is uncomfortable. Preaching about peace in a season of war that has lasted nearly 20 years is a little too political. Preaching about immigration and nationalism is just plain partisan. And you read that in a lot of places too. According to some of the largest church pastors in America, sermons should just be personal, applicable, and uplifting. There are whole books about how to engage a crowd to give them messages of hope and encouragement. And it's almost as if the expectation is that worshiping God is meant to make us feel better. <laughs> you get it? You see, that, that's the problem. It's sort of backwards. Did you hear it? It's almost like worshiping God is meant for me to feel good. And I think that's just backwards. Worshiping God is so much bigger than personal joy. Worshiping God is about celebrating the abundance of all of creation that exists beyond me. Worshiping God is about noticing the incredible beauty within the strangers gathered around me while also being able to gaze marvelously at the immensity of galaxies that we can't even see because they're so far away from us. Worshiping God is about taking ourselves out of the center of the universe and allowing God to stretch us and to grow within us. Worshiping God is about noticing God within the people who make us most uncomfortable. Worshiping God is about celebrating the interactions that we have with strangers as new opportunities to learn more about who God is. Worshiping God is our purposeful and intentional step back into awkward, weird vulnerability. God doesn't want anything special from us. God only wants to know us, and God wants us to know one another. Not as tropes or as stereotypes, but as sacred expressions of divine creation. And that's why clothes don't matter. They miss the point. What's sacred is the one that is wearing those clothes. That's why scripture can feel so uncomfortable and political. It challenges our sense of safety and comfort and calls us to a new understanding of the world where there are no boundaries or nations even to hold us against one another. And that's why the church is so weird. It's the only place where you are expected to be imperfect and that that is a good thing. We're not done growing yet. We're not done becoming who we will be and none of us are. And in other contexts, that message might be seen as a challenge, as something like you have to be better than you are now, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this, we are on a journey together. All of us are on the way towards perfect love. There's no perfect path to get there towards that perfect love of God and neighbor, 
the only promise that we have is that we'll never be alone. We have company. And that we have an incredible story to tell. A few thousand years ago, there was this incredible and bizarre moment that started a movement that hasn't slowed down for one second yet. A few thousand years ago, 12 grieving friends stepped out of a dark room where they had cried and prayed and read scripture together. And when they stepped out of that room, they were flooded with divine wisdom and power. And they started to speak in languages that they had never known to people who could understand their words. The people who were gathered around them, they said they saw glimpses of fire leaping over them while they spoke their words of hope and challenge to the gathered community. And that weird interaction started the first church. Those 3,000 people who witnessed 12 men speak in completely different languages about Jesus' death and resurrection devoted themselves to growing alongside one another in perfect love of God. And then a few chapters later, one of those 12 men, a guy named Philip, started spreading that news about Jesus' resurrection throughout the countryside. And one of the people he met challenged his expectation about boundaries too. Philip met a eunuch from Ethiopia on the road who offered him hospitality. The treasurer for the queen of Ethiopia invited Philip, who was a wandering, relatively obscure evangelist, into his chariot to ask about scripture. And then he listened to Philip's testimony. And after he hears the story, he insists that he should be baptized. It's beautiful. A man of power listening to a man in obscurity. Their brief friendship is so inspirational for me when I think about what the church can be. These two men are from completely different contexts, and yet they are fully present to one another. The Ethiopian treasurer lets his guard down enough to ask for advice. And the Jewish follower of Jesus, who is a disciple of John the Baptist, so he knows how to do a baptism, <laughs> lets the treasurer give him instructions about his own baptism. Their friendship is beautiful to me because it stands in stark contrast to the cultural norms of comfort and ease that the church finds so tempting. Their friendship indicates a barrier that has been torn down. Their friendship is weird. It's weird in just the same way that the church is meant to be weird. To hear at North Decatur, we believe that the church should be weird. Uh, that's how we live our lives together. We believe the church should challenge our sense of comfort when we become complacent. We believe that people who should be the most comfortable in this room are the people who are least comfortable anywhere else. We believe that the people who are avoided out there should be celebrated and uplifted here, not because they matter more, but because it is so much more important that they know how beloved they are. 
This church believes in boldly welcoming all people. We believe all people are welcome to the table of God because that's part of what makes our church weird. The church is the place where rich and poor have equal worth. The church is the place where the privileged and the marginalized are on equal ground, which is always uncomfortable for those of us who are privileged. The church is the place where Democrats and Republicans forget about their favorite candidates and remember the humanity that dwells in the candidate that they can not stand. The church is the place where singers who are trained in musical performance can sing along with their joy-filled yet tone-deaf neighbor in a pew. The church is the place where we speak in unison to our God who is bigger than us and smarter than us and loves us more than we will ever know. Church is the place where we let go of our sense of right and wrong and trust that there is something and someone bigger who will guide us on our path together. This kind of hospitality creates a lot of turbulence for us, though, because it is so weird. If we, if the church is meant to model Christ, boldly welcoming all people, it will be a consistent process where we are continually making more and more room for those who are not yet represented and not yet welcome in this space. Boldly welcoming all people will force those of us who are already comfortable here to discard our biases and our fears and our sense of security. When we receive someone in a way that imitates Jesus, our desire to see and to hear and to know them becomes greater than our desire to be comfortable. And that is how we grow in our likeness to Christ. We grow in deeper and broader relationships that challenge and inconvenience us. And what's weird is that's the goal. Church is weird, y'all. Thank God for that. Amen. Uh, as we pray.